0: What's up? This is a major motion podcast episode two this week. What? 17 overall, but second episode this week. I am Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at National Ace. He is Fox. You can follow him on Twitter at Fox Film Fanatic. And this is our last night in Soho episode. Uh, it's, wanted to do this for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, we you know missed an episode last week. So we still wanted to, you know, not... Make sure you guys weren't cheated out of an episode uh, because I was selfish and decided to go on vacation. Uh, But also, you know, I was kind of thinking this while watching it. We've been on this string of like major, uh, major motion pictures to use a little pun there. But like, you know, blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster. And that's kind of what we're doing, you know, going forward to we have Ghostbusters, which is a big franchise. We have King Richard, which is obviously, you know, Fox's that's Fox's blockbuster uh you know we have spider-man we we have uh matrix we have kingsman like all of these uh films that are tied into big franchises so we wanted to do last night in soho which is it feels weird calling it like an independent film because it's not like an indie but like independent from a franchise so wanted to to do that today but
1: fox how are you doing Chilling, just ate some Doritos. I feel refreshed. <laughs> what what kind? <laughs> original, Cool Ranch, uh, the spicy nacho. I'm a spicy nacho Sp- guy. The that's the purple bag, right? It's like a it's like a red. It's like nacho cheese, but it's it's redder, a darker red. I so think.
0: oh okay okay. Uh, I'm thinking of what the spicy sweet jalapeno or whatever. It's sweet, um,
1: sweet. It's like sweet chili or something something. like Yeah, that. sweet.
0: Yeah, that one's good. I love that one. But that's the one, one I know the one you're talking about. I like that too. I just I,
1: I'm still such a fan of the original <laughs> Doritos. Like, yeah, the you mean the nacho just, cheese? Just normal, yeah. Just no. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's a good one too. They're good, I'm, but like even
0: the Cool Ranch, which is like it feels like such a uh, an uh, juxtaposition or whatever. Yeah, like, th- those are still good too. Like Doritos might be the best chip.
1: Uh, shit, I, I would say, I probably say that that might be my top chip. You know, I was eating one day. I had the Cool Ranch uh, Doritos like a few months ago, and I don't know why I was compelled to do this, but I was like, let me try this with some honey. <laughs> i was like i was like am i pregnant i didn't know if i was pregnant or not. Like, let me just put some honey on this shit and then i was like oh this is kind of good and was it I good took, it was better than i expected so it's all like right, the, the contrast that's what it is the balance so if you're right, ever well, pregnant you know that's yeah. a
0: good one or if you're not pregnant if you're not pregnant yeah <laughs> one of one or the other <laughs>
1: exactly in my case yeah <laughs>
0: Man, now I have to go get some fucking cool Rios. I got the honey. Now I just need some <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, There you go. And
1: You're like, oh, not bad. Yeah, I <laughs> find
0: that. Speaking of chips, I'm not a big chip person in general. Like, yeah. for as much as, like, I feel like snacking throughout the day. Mm. Like, maybe, you know, to get Sigmund Freud, I have this, like, uh, psychological oral fixation or something. But, yeah, uh, like, as much as I like snacking, I'm not a big chip person. But when I do, it's... Regular Doritos, occasionally the spicy, sweet jalapeno or whatever, the purple bag.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I like uh, kettle cooked chips. Fucking love kettle oh, cooked yeah, chips. Yeah. But if I'm looking for a chip that, uh, like, like if I'm eating, like, if I put together a sandwich or whatever, right? Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I, I need a side. And obviously chips are a logical side. Like if you're eating a, a deli sandwich or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sun chips. sun chips are so fucking good and i feel like they just get like lost in the shuffle there's there's a lot of great chips out there don't get me wrong like even we haven't even touched on like the sour cream and cheddar uh ruffles or whatever or like uh even pringles like pringles still slap but sun chips any flavor of sun chip always hits and it goes perfectly with a sandwich and if you're feeling really wild they Mm. lay flat on your sandwich so you can put like a little crunch to your sandwich too like sun chips are so underrated and i I love them and they're never in stores because you get your lays you get your you know your kettle cooks you get your your puffs your pretzels but yeah no (laughs) no, yeah no one shows love to to sun chips but sun chips they deserve love i'm here to say sun chips deserve love
1: yeah, Sun Chips do deserve, you know, they used to be my, like, if I went to Subway, I used to eat Subway a lot, and then I would just go mm-hmm. to Subway, and that would pretty much be my go-to chips, the uh, the Garden Salsa Sun Chips, those were my go-to right there.
0: Yeah, like, for those of you that follow me uh, on Twitter, you probably know this, but I coach baseball, and, I'll, you know, a lot of times I get back late, and, you know, it'll be nine, ten o'clock or whatever, so I go to... uh I don't even know where I was going with this, but this is just for me to say, like, I, I, I still eat Subway a lot, and they, they still represent some sun chips well. So uh yeah, yeah, yeah that's basically all, all I'm trying to say. <laughs> I was like, oh, they don't care about the whole like the way to get there. I just I still eat Subway, uh, because the, the shopping center next to my house, there's like a Chipotle or a Subway, and I abuse that Chipotle, I go way too often, still really good, but I was like, ah, oh, sometimes. I need to at least trick my mind into thinking I'm eating healthier. So I'll go to Subway instead. Yeah, <laughs> <Eat fresh. laughs> yeah exactly. But yeah, Sun Chips, they're good. You remember when they tried to do that recyclable bag uh for yeah, Sun and they would, Chips?
1: Like, de- decompose or whatever. Right. And it was the loudest
0: goddamn bag you yeah, have what? ever <laughs> heard in your life. Like, uh, you know, like. Uh, growing up, if you were trying to sneak food in the middle of the night, you had to be oh, real yeah. quiet when you're opening the container or some shit. Like that yeah. bag was the worst because if you stared at it, chips. yeah, if you even <laughs> stared at it, like it made noise. It was, I, I get what they were trying to do, but it was the, the loudest goddamn bag ever. Oh man, yeah, for like no reason, no I mean, reason, no like, reason at all. I mean, because like chip bags are not quiet. No, to begin with. But for that, some that that fucking bag had subwoofers. Like, it, that, <laughs> it was so loud for no good reason. I haven't seen them in a while, though. They probably just stopped. They're like, yeah, this, you know, it was all a PR marketing. Yeah, campaign. they probably in went anyways. Back.
1: I don't even know. I think, I think my dad actually bought some recently. I don't even know if they're the regular packaging now or went back to their regular packaging.
0: You know what else I hate? It's like
1: Sorry. whenever you do find some chips, it's always like
0: a smaller bag. So it's like, you know, obviously the the family size bags are massive, but then you kind of get the quote unquote regular size bag. The sun chip Mm -hmm. bags are even smaller than that. It's kind of like, you know, like big, bigger than just an individual pack like you would get uh, at subway or something, but smaller than a regular size. So it's like, it's just this weird in between. It's like, just fucking give me more sun chips. Like I finally found them. Like, give me more. That was chips. That was chip talk. Chip talk. That's why I like the show. I never know where we're gonna go. How do we even start talking about? It? Oh, because you're because oh, I brought it. Yeah, because <laughs> okay, I'm uh I'm if if we want to transition to candy. Uh, so I when I got back from California, naturally you stop at one of those uh airport uh, like convenience shops or whatever and get your mm-hmm. snacks and your drinks or whatever. I I stocked up. Because uh, on the way to California, just had a terrible time. Uh, Like there was no snacks. I was thirsty. It it was early in the morning, whatever. So I made sure to stock up, but I stocked too much up. But anyways, uh, I found the bag I was traveling with and uh, all my goodies. And I had sweet tarts in there. So I've been eating sweet tarts for the last couple hours and just like peel it back one at a time. Sweet tarts still slap.
1: Did you like crush them up and snort them?
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) but I should. (laughs) I remember one time, uh, <laughs> you, you know, him, but I, I don't know if I sh- should say his name on the podcast, <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, in high school, like we had pixie sticks and, uh, you know, someone was like, oh, you won't snort that. Of course, I ain't <laughs> no bitch. So like lined it up or whatever. And then I was like, I really don't want to snort this. So I was like, <laughs> I was just kind of like sitting over and staring at it. So the guy, he, he literally pushed my head down <laughs> into the, the pixie dust. And I fucking snorted it because I was laughing. So it went straight <laughs> into my nose. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> it was the worst. And that was the first time I did cocaine. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs>
1: now you're Scarface.
0: Yeah. Say hello. <laughs> oh god that was a pointless story. you want to play rough okay <laughs> <laughs> i can't do accents i try to do accents and it sounds fucking terrible can you do
1: accents are you an accent guy um i mean i i like to say i can do impressions but accents are accents in general are tough they're, they're, they're tough to do. so tough so tough which
0: is why like uh, granted, they're fucking top tier actors, obviously, but, yeah, the, you know, every fucking two years someone is baffled that Christian Bale is British or like shit like yeah, that right, because exactly. they've just fooled us for years and years and years. I mean, even Chadwick Boseman, like going through what he had to go through to, to play T'Challa and like people were like, oh, wait, you're you're just. Like a normal black guy. Like, you you know, there's, yeah. I mean, that's like, if you can fool someone to the point where, like, they don't pick up on it, it's like, that's fucking impressive. Like, I I love impressions and accents and whatnot. Yeah. Impressions,
1: accents are just so tough. It's, it's, it's funny to see sometimes Americans try to do in, uh, like a, yeah, like a British accent or Australian accent because those are usually it's the other way. Yeah.
0: Right. It's like, uh, you know, Australian, British, uh, Irish, whatever. African, yeah. African like they can they can do uh, American but if you do it the other way it, it well first of all it usually comes off as like some sort of appropriation anyways so, <laughs> but like it, yeah it, it's tough going the other way but it, for some reason it's easier transitioning to to American probably because we're so stupid when
1: we speak or something <laughs> besides the, the, the I mean besides the fact that we're, we're stupid British and <laughs> <in> Australia <laughs> Australians, they have the advantage of just like People overseas just have the advantage of absorbing American culture because they see that as much. They see that on TV like every day, and we don't see any British people on TV every day. We don't see any Australians. Good Australian content. We won the war. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fuck your
0: fish and chips, bitch! And meanwhile, I'm gonna watch all my Netflix shows with a British lead that I pretend is American. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm about to watch Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, I, I didn't watch Squid Game, Squid Game at all. <laughs> yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh man oh that's good stuff all right let's get into tnt my trailer today it came out i don't know a few days ago so it's not necessarily new but we haven't talked about it and we don't talk a lot of tv on the pod but i'm talking about the book of boba fett which is obviously the spinoff of the mandalorian series and obviously boba fett is uh he's really not even that big of a deal in star wars He's a big deal because he's kind of just like a, a you know, audience favorite, but he's in, I th- someone did the math. And I think he's, he has like 10 minutes of screen time all throughout like the six original movie or, you know, uh, Boba trilogy. Fett. Yeah. Boba Fett. And, and it's like, he just became like this cult sort of favorite. And then they brought him back. And obviously that was a huge deal, even though technically very much dead, but they brought him back and they're just like, suck it up and everyone sucked it up so now we're getting a spin-off um so tomorrow morrison is obviously coming back as uh boba fett and then uh, you get uh ming na wen back as fennec shand who she was actually very very good as in the mandalorian series this will be coming out uh december 29th so really just right around the corner we're halfway through november which is fucking crazy um, but it is kind of just a spin off of the Mandalorian. We saw Boba Fett and Fennec Chan in the Mandalorian season two. Uh, hopefully, that's not spoilers for anyone. I mean, we're it's over a year since the, the last uh, season of Mandalorian, but basically, it's just going to be an extension of what the Disney Plus series are doing, which I'm a huge fan of, and, and I know. You know you're not a, a big sci-fi and especially a star wars guy yeah uh, and that, that's perfectly fine i'm really not even that big of a star wars guy and like i watched you know the original trilogy when i was young and i watched i went and saw all six movies that came out after or i guess there's technically eight with rogue one and solo i watched all eight movies in theaters when they came out and i'm just still like i still never connected which goes yeah. to show you, like I'm not that big of a sci-fi person either, but you know, I do have FOMO. So I'm gonna we'll go watch that shit. But I really loved Mandalorian because first of all, it's not really all that uh entrenched in the mainline Skywalker saga. So it's cool they were doing something different, but with the bounty hunters, it's like it gets more into the underworld of Star Wars, and that's really, really cool. It's like all the you know underground shit that's going on you your bounty hunters your your gang so to speak and just kind of the the badasses that don't live like by a code um you know like the jedi or aren't trying to Mm -hmm. take over the universe and it's just like some grand scale thing it's like they have their shit they have to deal with and you know they're just trying to you know eat good sleep good like type type deal and I, i love it so mandalorian great um great show i highly recommend it but Boba Fett, it was or it set up like, again, I, I hope I'm not spoiling anything, but one of the post credit scenes for the um, season two of Mandalorian was Boba Fett going back to Jabba the Hut and kind of just taking over his um, organization, which is obviously Bounty Hunters and Underworld and all that stuff. So it's kind of just the, the series will be about Boba, you know, kind of installing a new regime and 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 whatnot he even says in in the trailer like Jabba ruled out of fear I'm going to rule out of respect or whatever so it's going to be a a kind of a fine line between you know who's going to make the transition from Jabba to Boba and and who's going to you know resist and try to take the throne for themselves so to speak and whatnot so All this is to say it's more Underworld stuff, and I'm all for it. The Mandalorian was phenomenal. And keep in mind, the Mandalorian debuted during a time with the the mainline Star Wars movies. They were not doing well critically. Or not critically, but like audience-wise. The fucking audience and the Star Wars diehard. You think I'm a diehard for Marvel? The Star Wars diehards are a different breed that I never cared to interact with. And they fucking hated the new movies, which rightfully so, they sucked, but they accepted Mandalorian, which again goes to show how good Mandalorian is. So the fact that Mandalorian debuted at such a you know crazy time for Star Wars properties and was so well received by the audience leads me to you know have faith in the book of Boba Fett. They're doing a ton of fucking uh, Disney Plus series for Star Wars, so it's crazy that we've gotten really four marvel series before we got a second star wars series but again that that's probably just because they wanted to use mandalorian as kind of a um you know to test the room pulse check so to speak and uh you know test the waters on whether or not they should do more star wars stuff because you know that's a very rabid fan base it hit so we're going to get a lot more starting with boba i'm I'm looking forward to this it it was cool it's kind of like uh, you know, the wild, wild west of outer space kind of thing. I'm all mm-hmm. for it. I, I don't know if you're going to watch it. I don't know if you watch Mandalorian. But I think, uh, you know, you can, if you so, cho- so choose to do, you could watch Mandalorian and I assume Boba Fett without watching the Star Wars
1: movies. Yeah, actually, um, was if, if there was a character out there that I was... Sh- interested in besides uh darth Maul, i think boba fett was one of those guys because i used to play like the the star wars video games on like playstation Mm. playstation 2 or whatever and yeah those were and every anytime uh boba fett was in it i would always pick i was always pick that character and choose him and just have fun with it but that was like as far as my interest would go in boba fett so i never really seen too much of him in the movies because there isn't much of him to see to be honest Yeah, yeah exactly so and especially since i haven't seen uh many of the movies but I think this is this is this might be the show. I didn't see uh, anything past episode three or two for The Mandalorian, but um, I might check this one out and I might have to, you know, I might backtrack and go ahead and finish The Mandalorian and then pick up with uh, yes. Boba Fett.
0: If you're going to watch Boba Fett, I would highly recommend watching Mandalorian because uh, Boba Fett or excuse me, The um, Mandalorian does show Boba Fett's return and kind of okay, yeah. the groundwork for it. Uh, the book of Boba Fett, the, the the series that's coming. So I highly would recommend watching Mandalorian, but also Mandalorian's really good. So it's not really like a chore yeah, to, okay. to do. And plus mm-hmm. uh, John Carlo Esposito is the villain in uh, Mandalorian. He's really fucking good.
1: He's a great, great actor.
0: Yeah. Really fucking good. But what you got for us?
1: Yeah, I got uh since we're keeping it in it, since you brought up TV, I'm gonna bring up another trailer for a TV show. Uh, it is true story starring Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes. Always wanted to see Wesley back in.
0: Yeah, good combination there.
1: Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't. I kind of wouldn't have expected uh, that duo, but I think it's a pretty good combination, especially considering the story seems to take a, a dramatic turn and not so much a comedic avenue as you would expect coming from Kevin Hart. But um, it's you know it's kind of loosely based on Kevin Hart's life, except he has this brother played by Wesley Snipes, and it's and it's funny. His name is Carlton. <laughs> 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 I was like, I don't know if I could take you seriously now, Wesley, with that name. But uh yeah, not it's Not unusual. Yeah, it's not unusual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I was gonna say uh this story is a lot, it's a lot darker than than you'd expect. It looks like oh god, the, the poster for it looks like a fucking horror movie. Yeah, I know, right? And it's real it's real dramatic, but it's loosely based off Kevin Hart's life, and then uh it seems that his older brother It has done something or something ensues to the point where it looks like it might damage or destroy Kevin Hart's uh, character's life or career. So it looks like a real interesting premise. I'm excited to see how that turns out. I think it's a limited series, about seven episodes Comes out the day of or before Thanksgiving. What is that, November 24th? Yeah, 24th. twenty fourth? Yeah, twenty fourth, twenty fourth. The day yeah. before, before Thanksgiving. Yeah, so might be a good watch to see with with the family. See some betrayal and backstabbing. It might reflect your real family life. So who, who knows? That's a real fucking good tagline.
0: The tagline is betrayal is relative.
1: Yeah, that's like, a, relative. I, yeah, Damn. that is a good one. That that's a good a, one. that's pretty solid. That's I really might have just good. sold me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I wonder who came up with that because whoever did that it's, it's a it's a genius line and it's not one of those I mean like it's real clever but it's not clever or it's not it doesn't sound like one of those cliche or right some a, a tagline you'd hear often so it's pretty smart right
0: it's not a pun just for the sake of making a pun like it yeah ex- you know, yeah it's intentional that that's that's why people get paid more than I do yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm all f- well uh, granted I, I haven't. I don't know what Kevin Hart is necessarily up to, but I wouldn't mind seeing a kind of a deeper side of Kevin Hart. Cause he's been so slapstick, you know, throughout his yeah. acting. Did you career. see fatherhood?
1: I have not. I haven't seen it yet either, but it looks like he's taking that, you know, drama, dramatic route. Like most comedians have done. Right. But I think that's kind of the natural progression comedians should take. Cause like, obviously
0: we, you know, love comedians for for the work and, and they, you know, are very good at, at their job, but I I think most comedians should take that route because eventually you you just want people to take you seriously too. Right. Yeah. And and just because you're a comedian doesn't mean you shouldn't be taken seriously, but that's kind of the way some people take it because it's like, Oh, you know, you're a clown. Make me laugh like (laughs) type shit like that, but that's obviously not how, how it is. Um, Right. And, and, you know, obviously for Kevin Hart's thing, I'm sure he wants to continue being uh, an actor and, and involved in movies. He, he doesn't want to find himself typecast either. So. Yeah, exactly. And his height doesn't help, but... <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give this a watch. This looks good. But All right, my bit of news. Uh, speaking of uh, something funny, it's really not that much of, to talk about, but it, it is a, a good conversation. At least I want to get your, your thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you catch uh, who the sexiest man alive is?
1: I did, and it's not me.
0: <laughs> well, it should be, that's for I sure. Should, um, <laughs> I saw your Halloween costume. I mean, oh, how, yeah. how can I not? We <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> but Paul Rudd, sexiest man alive. Uh, can I get your quick reaction?
1: What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I love Paul Rudd. It's better, it's better yeah. than Blake Shelton. No, uh, yo, I am just completely <laughs> like befuddled, confuddled, whatever it is. It's. I don't know what the criteria is. Not to say that Paul Rudd is not an attract un, is not an attractive guy, but I just want to know how are they picking these people? Because we've had Denzel, we've had uh, Idris Elba and, and, and George Clooney, I'm sure Brad Pitt. And then we get Paul Rudd. It's like, wait, how? and then Blake Shelton, of course. And I'm like, what? But yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. The last. I mean, these are all pretty well known god what they, yeah what, like what
0: are they what do they doing so yeah denzel was 96 Clooney is in 97 uh brad pitt has won twice good yeah thing. <laughs> but both were it was 95 and 2000 then you get in order pierce brosnan uh ben affleck johnny depp jude law matthew mcconaughey george clooney a second is time in mean? 2006 aged like <laughs> fine wine matt damon hugh jackman johnny depp a second time good for him uh ryan reynolds bradley cooper channing tatum adam Levine, a uh, lot a lot of whites uh chris hemsworth yes. uh david beckham dwayne the rock johnson i don't there we I don't, go i don't see will smith on there um blake shelton <laughs> which going from dwayne johnson to blake shelton is one of the funniest things ever that is fucking hilarious Idris Elba, John Legend, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, it's like, oh, they just all of a sudden decided to get some
1: diversity in there, get some yeah, color they, in there. Yeah, what, look at that. Like <laughs> <laughs> and then they
0: had to go back to Paul Rudd.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't get it. I think people were expecting Chris Evans too.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised uh at Chris Evans. Oh, Keanu Reeves won in 94. I didn't know that. Well, he looked, yeah, he was very sexy in speed. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wait, what? So um, I'm on Wiki, but it says okay. he won in 1994, but the award was awarded on November 18,
1: 2015. Okay, what? <laughs> they like, here's your posthumous award. Yeah, but like he died. <laughs> John F. Kennedy
0: won in 1988. <laughs> Yo, are you serious? Yeah, that's what it's uh, uh It's pretty funny. Oh god.
1: Oh fuck. <laughs> Tom Cruise won
0: in 1990. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah,
1: you named all those people. None of them are remotely besides before Blake Shelton. All the people you named before Blake Shelton. It's like, how do we get to Blake Shelton and Paul Rudd? Blake Shelton. Well, like Paul Rudd is like he's good looking for sure. But yeah, but the people that we've named, they've looked good for all of their movies.
0: (laughs) I mean, I am shocked. I am shocked that, you know, Chris Evans, you know, through his uh, Captain America run and just him being shredded. Fuck. I would have thought Robert Downey Jr. would have gotten it before Paul Rudd um, and Blake Shelton, for that matter. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, there's one guy I would say, but I'm going to save him for news. Uh, Not to say now, Henry Cavill needs to win that oh, yeah he's the oh, yeah. fucking Hell, yeah. he is the sexiest man alive
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah that would have made a lot of sense I'm trying to think who else
0: Idris Elba was like the 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 needed correction after Blake yeah. Shelton though yeah for
1: yeah for sure <laughs> that's for damn sure.
0: god but yeah that I just wanted to bring that up because that, that that was really funny <laughs> when I saw that it's like yeah, yeah it was a good looking guy He's also yeah. fifty-two years old. He's the o- oldest uh, person ever to win the award. Oh no, second oldest. Harrison Ford was fifty-six. Oh shit! I forget about Harrison. Yeah. Oh, third oldest. Sean Connery is fifty-nine when he won in eighty-nine. But yeah, that was tough. Talk- you know who the, who the only uh, award for sexiest woman live was? Sandra Bullock, Kate Upton, twenty fourteen. Oh. Which you know, yeah, can't, can't really, uh, not can't argue. really argue there. I'm not gonna argue with that one. Oh look, there was a hundred the most beautiful person. Oh what? Is that I'm, People's I'm, too. I'm, I'm diving down a rabbit hole. Um, what does this wiki page say? Yeah, it is people. People magazine. Okay. All right. So this is oh, we got much more diversity, diversity on here. Oh well. <laughs> is this their so they did sexiest woman alive, but and that was the only uh award, but I guess for the most beautiful people it's a female only award. I don't know, but anyways, here we go just since we're talking about it already. Oh no, Leo so Leo won in 1999. Okay. <laughs> then after that they I guess they went um <laughs> uh female only so michelle pfeiffer julia roberts Catherine zeta jones nicole kidman hallie berry jennifer aniston julia roberts again uh for her third time angelina jolie who still has it by the way Oof. Yeah. uh drew barrymore kate hudson Christine applegate julia roberts for a fourth time uh jennifer lopez beyonce gwyneth paltrow lupita nyongo uh oh i actually remember her winning and she won in 2014 i remember it being a big deal
1: Oh, yeah. Now that you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Sandra Bullock. So there you go. Jennifer Aniston a second time. Julie Roberts a fifth time. Holy <laughs> shit. Talk about a dynasty. Uh, yeah. Pink Jennifer Garner, uh, Goldie Hawn, Kate Hudson, and Ronnie Hudson Fukuja- Fujikawa. I don't know who that is.
1: And then, uh, oh, Scarlett Johansson.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of
1: course. Julie Roberts, man. I guess they don't call her pretty woman for nothing. Yeah. I mean, fucking
0: dynasty. But yeah, there you go. That was a good conversation,
1: yeah. Who,
0: who who was left off of that? I mean, fucking anna de Armas. Oh, oh, hell yeah, give me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're not going down that road again. What do you What do you got for news? <laughs> 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 fucking spray bottle.
1: <laughs> I got a. Oh, shit, I, we thought about news and it made me want to bring up two things, but I'll bring it up briefly then. Um, First thing I'll say, Will Smith's book dropped, and of course I already bought two copies. I had that shit pre-ordered. <laughs> <I> saw that. <laughs> I had y'all had to see that coming. I, got I do. <laughs> I
0: do genuinely want to read it because yeah. I want his perspective. I, I I don't know how far you've gotten into the book, but like I I want to know yeah. how how deep he gets into. You know, like the Tupac quote was going around today. Like we talked right, about that right. Chat like I want to know his perspective because I would imagine he's a very like deep and critical thinker and, and you know very
1: introspective
0: right right exactly so i want to know just how much he shares and so i mean that's kind of the fucking point so yeah i'm gonna you know he's trying to sell books so I'll, you know he he got me there
1: yeah of course yeah and so far i mean i've i, I just got it i started reading it yesterday because what was it yeah that's when it came in yesterday so i'm only like 30 pages in but it's so far as laying the foundation it starts off with his dad and his family kind of you get insight on how he was raised and whatnot but yeah, good book. Uh apparently. Oprah said it was the best memoir she she read in her life. So that's that's a you know that's something to take take into consideration if you're thinking about buying a book. If you and if you I trust Oprah, o- I mean Oprah has read uh, a lot of fucking books.
0: <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I thought Oprah was canceled. Canceled from what? TV. <laughs> I'm gonna sound so white here, so I <laughs> okay. apologize. Yeah, go ahead. I thought Oprah was cancelled. In the fact that she kind of turned her back on the black community.
1: Oh, that was one of those misquotes. That was like one of those mis- uh I guess you could say not misquote, but it was one of those quotes that got taken. Okay. And, and, and spun in a weird way at like one of those rumor articles. And they just like took this shit and made it sound outrageous than it really was. Gotcha. Okay, I know exactly well, what you're talking about now my, apo- about
0: my my apology Oprah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I totally forgot about that part too. Come on the show, like, we'll, we'll we'll hash it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we'll talk it out. We'll talk about our feelings too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the other piece of news I wanted to bring up briefly was the No Way Home spoilers that got that got leaked. Oh god. <laughs> I do not I went on Twitter and I know don't, this guy don't, don't who, I know this them. I know this guy who 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 tweeted those those photos. Or, and, and I didn't think too much of it. And and I thought it was a joke. And I and I'm like in my mind, I'm looking at what this, what the leaks were. And I'm just like not fully looking at them. But the fact that I can go on my Twitter account and just see a fucking spoiler without, you know, my <laughs> without my uh, what's it called consent. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right. <laughs> I just hate how ever since we got into film. I mean, discussing movies and stuff and that we just like focus our accounts on film. It's like you get these random leaks and rumors and all types of shit that you that are interesting, but you're hoping at the same time isn't true or and what you see. You hope it isn't. It isn't. uh It isn't true either or real or actual photo, or actual video, or whatever it is. But uh what did, did you I know <laughs> you mentioned that you got in your you got in your account and all of a sudden it was right there in front of your face. Is that what happened? Well, see, the problem is. See, what it
0: happened was, Wait, what uh, it happened was... <laughs> no, so I I don't know who the first in the group chat said it, but they're like, oh, these, you know, no way home spoilers. And then, of course, you know, I, I don't know if you, oh, no, you said you saw them. You didn't look it up. And then other people were looking them up. yeah I, I literally flipped a coin because I, I was like, fuck, if they're out there, I want to know. <laughs> um, so I flipped a coin. It said no. I was like, all right, I'm not going to look it up. So. Whatever wasn't looking it up, but then I tweeted out the episode, our last episode, yeah. literally first fucking thing as soon as I switched accounts. Like not even a scroll or whatever. It's like, God damn it. And then of course I knew, so then I did a little bit more research, but like, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, I did it, no research. Right, I was like, right I didn't want to figure it out.
1: <laughs> it's but it right is right there, there.
0: No matter no matter what. I mean, we have fucking reporters from variety tweeting out major spoilers. Like, it's fucking yeah. breaking news that they have, like, an inside scoop. Like, what the
1: fuck are we doing? And this guy, he thought it was his name, uh, John Campia. He uh, I watched a few of his reviews, you know, over the last few years or so. But, yeah, uh, he thought it was, you know, Photoshop or not real or not legit. And so Which actually, happened before with the <laughs> Andrew Garfield thing yeah and he had deleted it but it's just funny seeing because he puts it he put his watermark on the photos like, and he didn't even take the photos or create it so it's just funny <laughs> that he just put his watermark on it like he made it or discovered it and he just did it all for clout but yeah i didn't even i didn't i actually looked for the photos without even knowing i was looking for the photos because i saw him trending i was like oh yeah i know this guy so i'm looking mm-hmm. at what the fuck he did and i'm like oh shit never mind <laughs> i don't want to know
0: yeah then you're in too deep at that point. curiosity man kills you god that being said yeah spoilers are pretty awesome (laughs) (laughs) like uh, not not that they were spoiled but just if that's really the case the movie's going to be really awesome for what my eyes
1: i did not i did not actually look at the photo. I didn't zoom in, I didn't do nothing so I don't even know how people's faces look or if their faces yeah, are in not, I, I'm just, I won't <laughs> say any more than
0: that I'm just yeah. saying if the, the photos are confirmed true I'm excited yeah. but right. I, I was trying to be a good person and not do that and it, it was done to me yeah. and I'll be honest I, I liked it a little bit but I never said yes so. <laughs> Yeah, there you go fucking Twitter at it again uh, my trend is like I said, Henry Henry Cavill. Um, I didn't I assume this was an interview. It was from the Hollywood reporter. So I assume he was doing an interview. He got asked a bunch of different questions because he talks about a couple different things, or like the the quote, a couple quotes I saw were about different things. So I assume it was one full interview and he was kind of just answering and and, and whatnot. Um So it's not like he just come out. It wasn't like Vin Diesel, right? Where Vin Diesel made an Instagram post saying, please come back, Rock. We need you. The franchise sucks without you. Like (laughs) Henry Cavill was literally asked about this. It wasn't necessarily on his own volition or whatever. That being said, I do believe him. So, again, I didn't see the, the full interview, but he was asked two things. One. If he wants to reprise his role as Superman, which he he has already actually stated that he wants to come back as Superman. And he reaffirmed it, saying there's still a lot of uh, of story to tell. He wants to do a Man of Steel sequel, which, you know, you would assume re-involves Zack Snyder. Then you get into the conversation of let's restore the Snyderverse, which people want already. Um and we, we've talked a ton of DC on the show, so we don't have to go deep into the Snyderverse and whatnot, because I think both you and I would be very much open to that and see where it goes. Uh, don't recast Superman. That's all I can say. Like, if he wants to come back as Superman, there's literally nobody better to play Superman. Like, he he's fucking shredded. He looks great. He's fucking chiseled. He looks sexy. Like, just I love Henry Cavill. Love Henry Cavill. Like he is Superman. Just like you know, we talked about Batman. Like, there, there's very few people that could be Batman, just by the way they like kind of hold themselves. And the jury's still out on Robert Pattinson. Like the movie looks fucking great, but are we don't know if he's gonna be believable as Batman yet? Like Ben Affleck, my take on him is he just wasn't Batman. Just he just wasn't. I thought um. Christian Bale, he was Batman. Like he he just fit that role well. And you know, same goes with Superman. Like not everyone is Superman. There, I think there's like four different Supermen uh right now with uh all the TV sh- TV shows and mm-hmm. shit, but yeah, not all of them. Uh like I know Brandon Routh, right? He was Superman in the the terrible what 2005 movie, and then he was on the CW or CW show like Legends of Tomorrow, and then kind of reprised his role as Superman and whatnot. But like he's not Superman in, in my opinion. Um, I can't remember the other actor's name. I think he's on Supergirl,
1: uh, but he's he, not was Superman. came? Like, no, no, no. This is currently. Oh, the new one. You're talking about the new guy. Yeah,
0: the, the currently. Um, yeah. oh, let me look it up just so I can. Uh, I can picture him. It is Tyler hocklin H o e c h l i n. Mm -hmm. Uh, you might recognize him like good looking guy but just not superman in my opinion this is all just to say you know you have to look the part and very few people do henry cavill does and if he wants to come back fucking bring him back blank check tell him to fill it out whatever he wants and bring him back like one of the things with superhero movies and i think you know, we see that even with Marvel, as much success as Marvel has had, you know, you get these actors that, you know, want to do it at first, but then they don't realize it's going to be a seven film, 15 year commitment. And And I get it, right? Sometimes it, get, it gets old and you want to just move on and do other things. I get it 100%. But at the same time, there is a sort of responsibility for that character. And I think, you know, we saw that with Robbie Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, both have said. Well, really, Chris Evans has said he's kind of just he he he's done, like his chapter as Captain America is done and he's ready to move on. And I think that's fine, but he also met his commitment, he's fulfilled his role. And that's not to say like Henry Cavill hasn't, but DC just you know, they have a responsibility too to like they introduced. Not just man, if it was just man of steel, then it's like, all right, they just didn't continue. But they introduced, you know, Batman versus Superman. They introduced Aquaman, they introduced Wonder Woman twice, like with two movies. They're doing a second Aquaman, they're doing a Flash, like they're still doing all this shit, but they're not going back to Superman, which is what started this off in the first place. Like, imagine if the MCU only had Iron Man and then did all this other shit and then never went back to Iron Man. Like it it, it doesn't make sense. So bring, bring Henry Cavill back. That being said, he was also asked if he would like to join the MCU. And he said he would love to be Captain Britain, which I mean, I get why he wants to be Captain Britain because he can literally be British. And yeah, <laughs> yeah like that. We talked about, you know, accents. Ironically, that wasn't planned, but we talked about accents, you know, early uh, on in this episode and he can kind of just be himself and represent britain which you know i I would assume there's you know some pride in that role as well beyond just playing a a superhero uh so that would be cool i mean i I don't necessarily want to introduce more earthbound heroes because quite honestly with the the few that we have it's tough to care about anymore like hawkeye like uh you know the captain the, the captain america we have right now the winter soldier like they're cool, don't get me wrong, but I am so much concerned about what's... We just saw Eternals. I am so much concerned about what's going on in outer space, but right. give me Henry Cavill in any capacity there is. It sounds like he is one of those actors who he he knows what he's signing up for. He was Superman for, for two films and was in the Justice League and whatnot, and the Snyder, came back for reshoots in the Snyder Cut. So it's like you know he knows what he's signing up for man of steel came out when we were what high school seniors so that's eight years ago going on nine like he he, he's had that time where he's like he he was superman he was identified as superman and he still wants to come back so it's like you know if, if he's lived or if this time has passed and he still wants to come back he's fucking in let's bring him in he knows what what's it would be like to be a superhero and, and, you know, be that role and have to reprise it every three years to, you know, stay up to date with everything that's going on. And maybe he, he makes a jump to Marvel because they're just more consistent and they know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'd, be I wouldn't blame I'd be for it. Henry Cavill's fucking awesome. Like I even tried watching the Witcher, which I you know, pop- yeah, <laughs> know it's a popular game. I just couldn't get into it, but I know they're making a season two. So maybe I go back to it, but I am all for Henry Cavill. Give me more fucking you know, fucking fist cocking Tom Cruise and shit. Like, give me <laughs> that. Like, Henry Cavill's such a fucking badass that I feel like wants to work. But so far, no, not many people are like jumping at the bit and they should be. He is awesome.
1: Yeah. Kind of, I, f- I would have expected, you know, somebody like him to carry more films. I feel like a lot of his choices have been underwhelming, even especially, if some
0: good. like I said, like nine years. Yeah. Nine, yeah I mean, we saw, uh, you know once they made their marvel debut like all these actors are getting other side roles because they're a marvel hero and they're going to attract yeah people to the film just for that reason
1: good thing he has uh, the witcher though because it seems to be doing really well for them and netflix it's it's impossible to tell with netflix i <laughs> yeah, don't know because you know, they case. don't release anything really you <laughs> did you
0: watch ozark or do you watch ozark? i did yeah i watch ozark it wasn't there like four
1: years in between se- or seasons on that um, it might have been two years within the second and third season. Now the fourth season is about to come out. I don't know how long it's been. Don't right, don't it, but that. it's just like it's years and
0: years and years between seasons. Uh, with Netflix, it feels wait. Like. So this
1: is the second season for The Witcher, right? You said right. It and does that, feel like it's been a long time since it's. Been, it'll
0: be three years. <laughs> yeah, two seasons. It, it's yeah. like they they do a season one. If they like it, then they have to scramble for a season two. Like they don't have that plan in place. Which I get, like, people have different schedules uh, for filming and whatnot, but, like, at least have the fucking plan in place. Like, don't, yeah, don't just get caught by, you know, surprise and have to scramble at the last minute.
1: It's probably because they didn't think if people would actually like it or not. <laughs> They're
0: like, oh, shit, I, people like this more than we thought. But again, it's fucking Henry Cavill. He has a built in <laughs> audience. Like, yeah, one benefit of these superhero films is the built in audience. Like right. Chris Evans has it forever Robert Downey jr has it forever like that's why they command the salaries they do. they have their built-in audience. they're one of the you know few demographics that deserve it. like you know some, some people get leading roles just you know for no reason whatsoever.
1: yeah well next uh, piece of trending uh, news whatever you want to call it is Miss Marvel got delayed to uh, the fall of 2022. And that just happened like an hour ago, less than an hour ago. Yeah, I'm not sure when it
0: was originally. Sp- I thought it was already fall of 2022. I think so it was
1: coming in the summer, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Because they delayed all their slate of films, so uh, Multiverse of Madness got May, Love and Thunder. got oh, it was de- It was
1: supposed to come out this year. I forgot.
0: Um, what Miss Mar? Well, originally, Miss Re- Marvel. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting that that one got pushed again. Oh, n- you know what I think happened was, so they they said they pushed everyone back. So yeah. and we talked about this when we talked Batman. But Multiverse of Madness got May, 11th Thunder got July, Wakanda Forever got uh, what's after July. Uh, I think I don't know if they had a September release. Uh, it might have been September, and then I don't think they officially announced the one after Wakanda Forever. Like, everyone assumed it was Miss Marvel because that was originally what it was supposed to be after. So I think they just officially pushed it back to, what, November of next year? So this was kind of just, like, the official, all right, this is where it's going to assume, you know, assuming everything stays put, this is where it's going to rest, is November of 2022. So I think that's what happened. But at the same time, America... Yeah, America... I had this problem before when I tried to identify the character, but Miss Marvel. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. I'm confused. I'm you, I was talking about the Marvels. This is Miss Marvel, and Disney this is Miss Marvel. Yeah, the series. Yep. Yeah. Completely throw out everything I just said. <laughs> okay. I realize I realized right and you might have heard me realize. I realized I that this is <laughs> yeah. Disney Plus series. Okay. <laughs> that makes more sense because they probably want to push it right around the same time as the marvels is yeah coming that's out what, yeah that makes sense i didn't mean to hijack you you're you're no you're not.
1: you're good you're good but okay
0: that makes sense it, it does seem like the marvels just trying to you know get their shit together which again yeah. you know dc has really never done like do we know what's going on with dc like nah, no i only
1: know washington <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's so annoying. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's get into our review. Like I said, off the top, we're doing uh, Last Night in Soho tonight. This is uh, the latest film from Edgar Wright. Uh, he did the first Ant-Man. Uh, Damn, film. I forgot about that, too. Mm-hmm. And he was in talks to do the. I believe it was the second one, and they kind of just fell apart. And he had some words. Um, I can't remember exactly what I said it wasn't like anything too harsh but he was kind of annoyed that you know he didn't get to reprise his directorial role but uh, okay uh, so I don't know what happened and the second Ant-Man wasn't all that great so you know that might have been yeah. part of it but anyways last night in Soho. An aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be, and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something darker. Once again, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Thomasin McKenzie, Anya Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith, who we talked about as, uh, uh, the, I guess, the villain, the villain Morbius, yeah. Morbius, um, and a couple other semi-recognizable faces. 7.5 on I Am db uh i actually didn't look it up on uh rotten tomatoes so let me think it's 75 too so yeah 75 on Mm. the tomato meter and then 90 audience score 90 audience score pretty solid um but anyways this movie i i you know i was pretty uh, attracted to the trailer like it it caught my interest um it looked very Twisted, but not like in, in a, a a dark way. Well, this is dark, but like not in a fucked up way. I guess. Like yeah. It, it looked yeah. twisted, like oh oh fuck, what's going on, type way where you know you want to find out. And throughout this film, like you could tell there's going to be some sort of death or like, uh, you, you could tell this was kind of be like a, a like a whodunit type yeah. thing. So. Naturally, for me, I'm always no matter what I try to fucking watch, I or what I am watching, mm-hmm. I always try to predict shit. And my wife hates it, but I am always predicting shit because even that self-gratification of calling my shot is always great. So with a who done it, it's like that on overload because that's literally what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be thinking, Oh fuck, who did this? Could it be this guy? Could it be that that guy? Like, you know, yeah. what about this chick? What's she doing? Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's the point of a who-done it. That's why they call it a whodunit. So for me, I, I, I'm all in if it looks good. Like some of the whodunits uh, really aren't that great. Like um, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, like the remake. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Like that one wasn't yeah. that good. Uh, but, you know, with this, it was a whodunit, but not in the classic way where there's like a detective, you know, interviewing all these people. It's just like, you know what's going to happen, but it hasn't really happened yet. And you don't get all the, the pieces of the puzzle, uh, you know, for so long. So I, I was very much intrigued on that aspect, just kind of like the storyline level. But I thought it looked really good. I thought the acting was great. Uh, and Mackenzie, I know she's kind of had a, a couple of good roles at this point. Um, I'm just not as familiar with her work. Same with Anya Taylor-Joy. Like, you get her in a much smaller capacity than I think you might have anticipated if you, you know, are familiar with her work and you're going into this film thinking it's kind of like an Anya Taylor-Joy film. Like she's in it, you know, more than like Anna D'Armas wasn't in, in Bond or, you know, something like that. So I'm not trying to say she wasn't in it, but this is definitely a Thompson Mackenzie movie. Uh Matt Smith is good in his role. Uh All of the supporting cast I thought was really good. The, the friend, John, um, I thought he was good. Like he played that kind of concerned, fr- like sometimes that concerned friend character can be a little bit much like yeah. they're trying to do too much but i thought uh let me find the actor's name michael oh god all these tough last names man aj a o ajao A-J-O? michael ajao i i don't know but anyways I, I i thought he was really good um cuz he played that concerned friend but he wasn't over the top it wasn't too much he like he seemed genuine in his performance and, and yeah. that's always the kind of uh you know idea uh, of acting and plus we got uh terrence stamp uh in this role yeah. which i see him all i think haunted mansion same that's, that's, that's all i think it's like <laughs> damn you damn you all the hell like that's <laughs> yeah. always always what i think but it was cool to see him in kind of this like creepy role and, and you know from the start when you first see him on screen that's where your eyes like dart to cuz again it's a, it's a who done it type film i i liked it a lot uh you know you could kind of see parts of the quote unquote twist coming, but mm-hmm. then they add an extra layer of it at the end. And I'm like, all right, you motherfuckers, you got me. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I didn't see it. Like I, I always tip my cap at the end if I can't quite follow it, um, which again is the point. So it, it's awesome. I thought it looked great. All of the lighting, the different colors uh, looked great. The flashbacks to the sixties. I thought all of that was well done. Cause sometimes that can get a little bit like stiff, Mm -hmm. because you know anyone who usually tries to that tries to do that like a flashback to like a period piece or whatever they try to make it look so superior to the time now this didn't it made it just look more like fun or not like more fun but just like you can enjoy yeah yes exactly it blended well you can enjoy your time in the 60s like it was a time to have fun but at the same time they do keep that recurring theme of you know it was fun but it's not all you think it was like don't look back mm-hmm. with like rose colored rose colored glasses or anything on it like there was like shit going on that you know we wish w- didn't have happened and that's kind of where the, the storyline comes in anyways the really good movie um i i don't know like i i guess i'll ask you this question before i get my rating like yeah. how uh not comfortable because i think this is a really good film like but how uh willing would you be to like recommend this movie to someone else who doesn't really know anything about
1: it i'm honestly on the fence i don't even know if i would recommend this movie <laughs> okay i'm sorry so maybe you didn't like it as I might, much as i did yeah yeah i mean i probably would as just as a general you know the fan fan of uh, movies and Edgar Wright, I'd probably say, Yeah, go ahead, check it out. But it wouldn't be like something I'd be like, Oh yeah, you must. This is like a must-see. it's not a must-see for me. So right. that's 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 basically my the extent of how my recommendation would go.
0: Yeah, because that's kind of where I'm at. It's like I liked it a lot. Yeah. But if I recommend it to you know the next eye, I'm like, uh, oh, well, maybe you you wouldn't like it. And right uh, I do think it's a good film and I didn't see much wrong with it. And I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear your thoughts, but at the same time there is that part of me it's like oh would i recommend this and that, that doesn't really have anything to do with the film it's maybe yeah. just a like taste or, or like you know just it, it art in movies like we talked about last episode is all subjective anyways but uh there is that kind of thing holding it back and maybe it's just because it is kind of like a eh, it's a small period piece and it's like it's not quite a whodunit it's not quite a period piece so it's kind of just like and it's not quite horror or and whatnot like it is kind of a thriller but not in the the typical sense so it's like kind of this weird blend uh to use your word uh, of genres and whatnot and i like it but maybe yeah. it's not for everyone uh i'm gonna give it i'll give it an 85 i i i like this film and i'm not gonna let like you know other people's potential views on this film deter me from it 85 yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was go solid go with your gut go with your gut
1: <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know. Um, big fan of Edgar Wright. Like about just every movie he's done. With this one, I think I think what threw me off, and I was, when the trailer came out, I already wasn't that interested either, but then when I was hearing all the good things about it, I was like, okay, it, it obviously has more than meets the eye, so I was just, you know, eager to see how it was going to turn out, but... I think the whole idea of that whole period piece thing probably not being my my taste is probably what clouded my judgment or what made me feel a certain way about with a certain way with this film. Um, I just felt like it was slow, you know, just it was it was slow in the beginning. And there were times where I felt like uh, when are y'all going to get to the point? I need to know what y'all are doing. And then there were some times where I kind of they were telegraphing a lot of the ideas that were coming. So then you could kind of seen it, see it coming and I was like okay I get it I know this person or that person or what the situation is already so why don't you just tell me <laughs> mm-hmm. and then when they try to they have like this unnecessary red herring so to speak and you're like yeah I know what's going on here just hurry up and get to the point but that was kind of my whole feeling throughout the whole film and I don't and I didn't I didn't like that I was getting that feeling because I wanted to enjoy the movie and I do think they're like really interesting ideas that uh, visually mm-hmm. aesthetically he does a really good job there's uh with the mirroring and I, I really right. like the dancing that he has with uh, that Matt Smith have that mm-hmm. he has with uh, Anya and uh Thomas and Mackenzie it was really well done then I found out that was like practical there was no really magic uh, movie magic done for that moment they were actually switching in real life in camera so I thought that was cool but um yeah I I wasn't excited and and then when you get to the end it, like you said, it does, you, you know, you think it's something and you're like, OK, I knew that was coming. But then there's also the extra stuff that's on it. and you're like, oh, shit, that was probably the best part for me when they finally got to the point, because especially since I was looking forward to it the whole time. But when they when they get to the end, the pieces, you know, start coming together and I, and I liked it. But then I think what dragged it down for me also is like you said, like we said, is like a blend. You know, of genres like an amalgamation, sort of, sort of of genres like horror, thriller, psychological, supernatural, and and, uh, mystery, and all types of shit like that. But I feel like it was. I feel like when it came to the horror elements, it wasn't. You know, I'm a big horror guy, but I'm not also. I'm also not like an expert. But when it came to the horror elements, excuse me. When it came to the. When it came to those horror elements, it didn't seem to. never quite got there it didn't land for me yeah it it, it felt like it was going to do something special but it wasn't as special as i think edgar was trying to make it seem um and it wasn't that and some of the horror elements were like annoying to me i was like okay why why are we doing this also the visual effects weren't even that great which probably was intentional but still at the same time i didn't i didn't feel like it was doing anything for me and then i I felt like that weighted down a little bit and i know some people said it was like scary or has you know the horror was really good but i didn't think that was the case and there's also that there's a there's mental health and um there's feminism mm-hmm. themes in this movie and i thought those were kind of those were kind of dealt with really you know haphazardly and not effective enough for me but i'll get into that later so overall i felt underwhelmed and i'd probably give this movie you know like i said it has it does great things i think egger is a talented filmmaker he does a lot of great things with this one. Oh, also it reminded me of of the giallo films which i've mentioned with malignant with the with the neon yeah. Neon lights and shit. So and every time I saw the red neon lights that you know in this yellow m- movie world, that's basically just like, like fuck foreshadowing. Nick, malignant's good. <laughs> <Fuck Nick>, malignant's <laughs> good. Yeah. I was like, Oh, you see this, Nick? They're doing that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, with the lights, it was kind of like foreshadowing like they do in uh in, in those types of Italian films where death was imminent em- imminent. And mm-hmm. that was kind of like a, a nice and I think he was probably inspired by that too, but it was a nice little filmmaking piece. Oh, yeah. There you go, just putting words in his mouth. yeah yeah you know yeah sorry i agree but anyway like i said a little underwhelming has great things about it but um i'd give this a 68
0: okay yeah and i i think that's kind of exactly why you know well part of the reason why i would hesitate to recommend it because it's like you see things differently than i do and vice versa again subjective but like I could tell that that was a possibility with this movie right mm-hmm. there's certain films where it's just like you're an idiot for not liking this and, mm-hmm. and again that's subjective but at the same time you're an idiot like yeah. you know but this is one of the films where it's like I liked it but the next person might and I can't quite put my finger on it why but I understand that you might not like it as much as I do so. Yeah, this is one of those films, but this is this is good, right? This is why, like, I wanted to do those major block or something other than those major blockbusters because, for the most part, we've been pretty similar with our, yeah. uh, you know, opinions on a review. So getting some dissension, e- even though it's not like malignant level, that's right. always going to be you know the the barometer for for dissent on <laughs> yeah. this podcast. But like, uh, you know, some different opinions are good because even if you and I both like a movie, someone else listening might hate it and vice versa. So it is good to get different opinions. Let's get into our uh, spoilers. Um, this movie, th- there's not a ton of like, well, there is a ton of setup, but like not a ton we need to go through. Right. Um. You know, Thomas and McKenzie, obviously the the lead, you know, she, she's doing her thing. They, they. there's a couple of red herrings in here. Um, right. Like obviously Taryn stamp, I assume is the, the main one you were talking about. Yeah that's the one. Uh, And and you could tell from the start that you know like when he first appears on the screen like when she's at the phone booth or whatever um, you could tell he was going to play. He was either going to be the villain or the red herring like it was one or the other like unquestionably and just the the manner in which he shows up like hands her 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 drawing and like is always around and like runs into her and like unexpected places and whatnot you could tell something was going on so that was and that's the point of a red herring but it was kind of like a little bit annoying That just like (laughs) all right we kind of know what this one especially once it happened two or three times so like this is not the guy Mm -hmm. and once uh they went to the flashback scene like so for every flashback scene i was like does anyone look like terrence stamp now yeah and then when (laughs) it finally happened because i thought the guy who played the younger terrence stamp did look exactly like what yeah. i imagine he looked like so i was like oh that's a hundred percent him yeah and then i knew that wasn't going to be the killer so it's like okay but it, then once i figured it out like once the the flashback came with the young uh what's his name Lindsay yeah or whatever Lindsay. um once the young Lindsay came, I was like, all right, I know it's not him anymore. And they kept trying to pawn off Terrence Stamp as the possible yeah, That was what suspect. was me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so I 100% get it from that point. But I think because I recognized it so early, I was like, all right. And again, that's just part of my mindset with watching these kind of sort of whodunit movies. It's like, all right, it, I, I ruled him out. Let's Damn. keep going. So I was kind of like fast forwarding. So anytime he came on screen, I wasn't I was annoyed, but like I, I didn't let it affect me too much because I knew it wasn't him. So that's kind of like where I was coming from. Um, So, you know, it's not him. And the, the way in which she realizes that it's not him is like, it's a little bit much, but at the same (laughs) time, I I loved that scene because I I didn't even pick up on this. And maybe you did like throughout the whole film, she has, there's close encounters with taxis all throughout yeah like there's a couple of them and then finally you know you think she's gonna get hit by one maybe that's how the movie ends but then he gets hit by one and it's like that kind of breaks her reality a little bit where it's like she doesn't know what's what and that's where she kind of starts spiraling well she was already in the middle of a spiral but like it goes full whirlwind from that point because she's you know she realizes what she thought to be true wasn't the case at all and, and whatnot um But I mean, you're right. It is a it is a slow burn, slow
1: burn. There's nothing wrong with slow burns, burns. but yeah.
0: Yeah. Like what what was your opinion of the kind of setup? Like, you know, everything with her friends and and like the the college and, and moving out. Like, did you. Yes, it was a slow burn, but. You know, did you care for it at all or was it just kind of like, yeah, I think that flop? might
1: have been that might have been one of the issues I had just subconsciously. I was like, OK, we have this setup, and you got these mean girls and nothing right. really there's like no payoff, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, OK, we had all the story and there's nothing that really kind of sends closure, creates closure or some type of payoff or something that just makes the beginning feel worth it as much as I think as much as I think it could have. Um mm-hmm yeah i i mean it was just real and it was kind of repetitive at times too which i mean especially
0: with her spiraling yeah which i get is the point like you have to show that she's losing her shit but like you know the message was received yeah yeah exactly
1: and then also the mention of her, her her mother having you know committing suicide when she was younger yeah i thought that was just handled really weirdly because I can see how they were like alluding to that fact being the reasoning for her having, you know, these hallucinations or visions or whatever you want to call them. But I feel like it, it maybe it was also a piece to like sort of, it, cause I was kind of thinking this too. I was like, does maybe, does her mom come into this? Does the story too. play out later on? How does she fit into this? Cause I was kind of thinking that in the back of my mind, but then the way that they didn't really have her be too integral, they kind of pissed me off. Cause I was like, okay, well, you guys aren't doing anything, but just showing off that, okay, here's her dead mother that killed herself and you're not doing anything, you know, you know, interesting with it. That, that, that's a good point because when it happened and I'm a very,
0: you know, I like, well, probably not as much as I should be, but I, I like to think I'm a, a mental health advocate and, and whatnot. So I'm very aware of any yeah. time that comes up in movies and those theme come uh, themes come up in movies. But yeah, that, that especially at the beginning, where like the mean girls are like asking her about it and, and whatnot, it's like, okay, you know, you established this. It's a little much, yeah. but we'll we'll, 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 that was early in the movie. So it's like, okay, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And there's just like no reason for it. Like, yeah. it, it, you, I get why you wanted to have that element, like you said, to establish, mm-hmm. like, is she just going crazy? Cause there's a family history of it. Yeah. You could have done that without. The suicide in that's my what, yeah, that's
1: kind of what I'm thinking. Like yeah. you're
0: you're not writing from any source material or like strong source material here. I don't know if, if this was his Edgar Wright's uh you know brainchild or if he if he drew inspiration from somewhere. But like you didn't necessarily need that. She could have just been like they mentioned schizophrenic or whatever. Like yeah, she, maybe the grandmother was taking care of the mother or whatever. Like you could have just had that. I think you know now that i'm talking to you about it it, yeah it could have been something where like maybe the 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 mother's in a home and like at one scene thompson mckenzie's character goes to visit the mother and like she's lucid or whatever and can recall what life was like in london in the 60s like i think that would have hit a lot better
1: yeah Uh, something like that yeah i just felt like if you have if you're not going to do anything more with that element Why have it in at all? Yeah, (laughs) I would have been fine with her just having like, you know, hallucinations just because for the sake of it, because, you know, supernatural films shit just happens for the sake of it. But if you're going to have this be a crucial part to her character, but not even have it be crucial to the narrative, then it doesn't make sense for me. You know, you know what? I, I I 100% see that point. I'm going to
0: knock my score down just a little bit, because now that I'm talking to you about it, it's like, I I agree. Like, it's not just like, oh, I see your point. So i will knock it. I still like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, probably like a I'll say eighty three, so just a couple points. But um, yeah, I, I see that element and how that can kind of take you out of it because towards the end, you know what's going on. It's like, all right, we're already at the the main point, and we didn't need this, so it's like it's never going to be addressed or important, and like they they kind of even try to go back to it a couple times like we do yeah one scene she's on the phone with her grandma and it's like oh have you seen your mother it's like no she's not here it's like okay well i feel like we should talk about that <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. what's going on yeah. like i feel You're like right. you know that, that you know because that's the first scene in the movie she sees her mother which we don't realize at the time that she's dead or like what's going on but she sees her mother in the mirror and like one of the first scenes yeah so so it's like Oh okay we just never go back to it but they address it but they never tell us like we know she killed herself and she had some connection to London and, and you know to the fashion industry but we never get mm-hmm. get it fully addressed and maybe that's intentional cuz she doesn't want to talk about it so we don't get to hear like but that I mean that that's plausible like in real life yeah. but at the same yeah, time sure. you get to direct you get to steer Th- this this movie and write this movie like you could have just wrote that part out right but maybe that i don't know
1: maybe that's intense yeah, that's just per- this these are like personal you know choices and whatnot right yeah
0: <laughs> so you know I, I i get that point i 100 percent do um with the you know the friend oh, specifically the mean girls like maybe that was just a plot device to get her to move out well i mean 100 percent was yeah that like, definitely she, was you, yeah. need to, you needed to establish it that she was living in this you know haunted haunted mansion there you go mm-hmm. she was living yeah, in a haunted yeah. mansion <laughs> yeah. um so
1: I, I get that but like the, but everything yeah. that does happen in the beginning it does progress it does advance the story it right does, it does have a little reasoning except for maybe that you know the mom backstory but yeah everything else i felt does have you know its yeah. purpose.
0: but i i i you know do understand so it's just kind of like you know, once you go back to it and you know that it was just a plot device, it is hard to care. Like, all, yeah. all the, the latter scenes, excuse me, I have the hiccups, but, like, when she's in uh, in class and, like, the mean girls are, like, smirking and shit, like, I mean, it's just okay, this this has been in literally every, like, coming-of-age movie ever. That, yeah, that's true. It me.
1: is, like, and it is, like, a coming-of-age movie. If they're if he was going to do that, especially with, you know, horror involved with it, I felt like he should have just killed one of them. <laughs> Uh, It would have been real close.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was just about to bring that up. It would have been a great turn in a dark, twisted manner if she (laughs) did kill the mean girl in some, like, you know, hallucinogenic state or whatever. And then I I don't know. Like, I don't know. Obviously, that has to have some sort of resolution, like, legally in the movie or whatever, like with the cops. But I I don't know. I, I, yeah, it feels like he, he Edgar right, that is like yeah he went places that were cool but he never quite got there in any of them uh, yeah I, yeah that's
1: kind of what it that's kind of I think that's what I'm feeling
0: yeah I yeah I can see that but at the end you know I alluded to it earlier you know there is kind
1: of like a cool twist and I don't know if you saw it coming um, it depends but, which twist you're talking about, because there was like one and it's like two and one, I would say.
0: So I knew <laughs> the landlord was going to be Sandy. Sandy. Yeah, I knew that from pretty early on, <clears throat> uh, like even when uh, the flashback scene or whatever, the vision showed mm-hmm. Jack killing Sandy. I was like, I'm pretty sure the landlord's Sandy, like I'm pretty confident about that. So I knew that twist and obviously you, you see it coming as she sits down and it says like Alexandra Collins yeah. or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's, you know, that's her and whatever. Yeah. But what I didn't see coming was like all of the ghosts or
1: whatever were the people yeah. she killed. Yeah. That was what I liked. That was the thing I didn't see coming for sure.
0: That, that part was again in a dark twisted way. It was cool. Yeah. Like, you know, that I didn't see coming and you know, you need to, Layer those elements in a whodunit to really make it hit because there's plenty of good whodunits out there, but you need to do something different, even though it's not the same characters, same story, same time or, or whatever time frame. But this was like, okay, you know, it, it is a whodunit. You're looking for a male suspect who killed Sandy, but then Sandy's yeah. alive. So you're like, okay, what the fuck happened? And then you find out there is a suspect and it is Sandy. It's like okay, cool, like that. That's you know that's what you're looking for, and whatnot. So it was cool, and you know the last scene was a little bit campy, um, which you know is a horror element, but at the same time they you know made it in such a way where it's like they did kind of um, not reuse like it, it. It's jaded, but like reuse or revisit, I should say, revisit some of the. You know, camera angles like where it's Anya Taylor Joy walking up the stairs and and whatnot and it looks like much more of a classy sophisticated manner which she's trying to kill someone like you know that stuff was cool and then like uh, John's character reaching out like they made that like fade to black like it was a performance which is obviously they were revisiting uh, Sandy's kind of like come up in London with trying to be a performer and whatnot and then it kind of just turned her into this and whatnot I I liked the ending like that's obviously kind of the the most not the most important but certainly one of the most important parts of a movie is like what's the final taste in your mouth like what's what's the lasting impression and for me it's the the ending was solid like yes I agree with you on some of the uh, stuff throughout but the ending was like okay if it has a good ending I'm usually pretty content but I don't know if you see it the same way or even if you like the ending
1: yeah, the ending was I thought the ending was good. You know, that was the redeeming quality for for me. You know, shit, I might even bump mine uh, back up to 7, you know. <laughs> I might give it oh, a 70 out of yeah, I might give it a 70 out of 100. But yeah, I think the ending was pretty solid. The fact that we didn't the fact that she was the one uh responsible for all these uh bodies or dead people showing up, I thought that was really clever. I definitely wasn't expecting that. But and the transition back and forth like you mentioned, that was really well done. Like I said, Edgar is really talented and this is, is like one of his most um, aesthetically pleasing and like well-edited films he's he's ever done and yeah this you could I know a lot of people might say this is his best work he's done and, and I could definitely see that you know perspective but yeah the ending was really good I thought that's kind of what saved it or made me bump it up a little bit for me he definitely so
0: let, let me start by saying this did this movie like remind you of any other movies that he's in done any regard no, not 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 oh. necessarily that Edgar Wright movies but any movies
1: in any regard. Um I mean I feel like you could connect any 60s movies any 60s movie to this movie but I couldn't name any. But in in, in recent years no I don't think I can pinpoint one exactly. So when I uh first start like really maybe like a romantic what, film or something. Like when
0: she first moves into the uh whatever wherever she, the flat. she yeah the flat there you go Uh, I was like, this gives me midsummer vibes, but also kind of Scott Pilgrim. Mm, Like that's kind of how it felt like Scott Pilgrim is also like, obviously very, you know, boom, pow, like with some of the transitions, but like, you kind of got that element with all of the, all of the lights, like, you know, the, the flashing lights. And usually if there was a light or a mirror, you knew there was going to be some sort of transition between Thomas and Mackenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy. So it was kind of like, that transition and and the editing was very good but the midsummer vibe i got was just kind of like obviously you know female lead going through a tragedy trying doesn't really fit in where she ends up and but at at the end she finds her own way and kind of comes out on top so to speak so it's like and maybe a little bit looser uh because midsummer does get very like holy shit but I was just curious if you you saw those connections
1: too, or I was just like, yeah, you Scott Pilgrim, he did Scott Pilgrim, right? Yeah, I think yeah. he directed that one. Yeah. So yeah, when I, there was like transitions to certain, uh, the first one I'm thinking of is a cut to the alcohol, the the liquor being poured. That was like something I've mm-hmm. seen, like right out of Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. So yeah, you definitely see those little edit, editing elements that he's done in other in previous films. And uh, oh, speaking of, uh, we you mentioned this movie already, but it when it came to the 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 dead people showing up It that reminded me of a haunted mansion. <laughs> and then the mirroring effect, of course, I have to say it again. Yeah. Ma- Malignant. <laughs> it reminded me of Malignant because I had the same elements, yeah. very similar elements to that. But yeah, those are probably the two movies. A haunted Mansion and Malignant are the two comparisons I could bring up. I mean, again, seeing Terrence Stanford's like Haunted Mansion,
0: Haunted Mansion. Yeah. There were there just naturally was Haunted Mansion vibes because of the nature of the film. But it's it like, God damn it, this is Haunted Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a great, he's a, he's a, he's a really good actor too. No, oh, it's yeah. just from Haunted Mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's also convincing, which is like, oh yeah, why that's, you.
1: Yeah. You that's know,
0: true. Not that we're typecasting, but that's why we remember him from that role. Cause he was convincing. It wasn't like he was just so bad. It's like, you know, nobody really uh, trying to think of an example. Like nobody remembers good actors for their worst roles unless yeah, it's like they were just so convincing in them. Like, no Ben Affleck, no one really remembers him as Daredevil unless they're talking about bad superhero films.
1: It's that's like, true. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it just, when I see him, it's just like, that's Haunted Mansion. Because again, it just met, left a stamp
1: on yep. my childhood. Yep. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see Thank what you, you did. Thank you. <laughs> that, that that all to work that it. Yeah. That was good. <laughs>
0: um, any final thoughts on the film?
1: No, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought it was solid. I, I, you know, I would recommend it, but you know, I'm not gonna do so like confidently. Like, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how this movie holds up because rewatchability with whodunits is very uh sparse. Because mm-hmm. once once you find out the twist, it's hard to like yeah. go back. But uh, I'll be interested to see. Um, so, 82 for me. Seventy from Fox. Seven, yeah, seventy. Seventy from Fox. Okay, I can live with that. That's like, well, you know, seventy-six average, which <laughs> seven point five on IMDb. <laughs> yep. So there yep. you go. There you go. Just next, fun. next week is Ghostbusters, but the week after that, do,
1: do,
0: do, do. King Richard. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we're almost there, Fox. <laughs> oh my god! Thank God, we're, we're we're almost there. Um. All right, streaming recommendations. I, you know, you probably know where I'm going. I, I've mentioned it, you know, several times. I um, was in my Who Done It mode, so I'm gonna go to mansion. the the, <laughs> the last Who Done It I saw that I absolutely loved. I believe Fox. We saw it together. Um, that we is mention. Knives Out, uh, phenomenal film, star stud cast. Uh, unintentional, but it does star Anna De Armas. Uh, <laughs> woof woof. Um, bark bark <laughs> uh great,
1: great who done it,
0: <laughs> it, was, it was a great who done it uh stacked cast Jamie Lee Curtis Chris Evans onedarmus uh Daniel Craig obviously um Keith Stanfield uh um who's uh, Jamie Lee Curtis I said that one um oh. who's the brother um the brother, of... Uh, uh, Michael. Um, Damn, oh, I'm blanking on that name. He was in uh, *Shape of Water*. Oh, uh, Michael! Shit, uh- <laughs> Michael Shannon. There we go. Michael Shannon. Yeah. Tony, uh, Michael Shannon. Uh, Tony Collette, obviously oh, phenomenal. Man. Christopher Plummer, uh, RIP. I mean, great. It is like an ensemble movie. Not to it like is. reuse that word unnecessarily, but it is. Uh, directed by ryan johnson a detective investigates the death of a patriarch in it of an eccentric combative family um i mean i'm I'm sure most people have seen it It it's only two years old at at this point but it's also just a good watch i talked about how whodunit movies are sometimes hard to rewatch once you find out the twist but this one still is good i enjoy it you get Chris Evans is kind of like an asshole and especially coming off of a very uh, buttoned up role in captain America where like, he doesn't take any risks seeing him in this role. It's like, all right, Chris Evans is versatile. You see Daniel Craig in in a manner, which is like, he's so over the top yet. So believable. It's, it's really funny. Um, And then you get a a phenomenal uh, cast to really sell the who done it. And like the back and forth and twists and turns that this movie takes really good i gave it a 93 out of 100 one of my yeah probably my favorite Who It uh film but also just a very uh easy watch and you're not gonna you know have that you know long drawn out process it is kind of like a
1: keeps you on your feet throughout um this is on prime video so go check it out really good really good movie i love that movie i think i saw that twice in theaters it was really good like yeah really good i didn't expect it to be as good as it was yeah it was me neither really pleasantly surprised and um for me my recommendation is exactly like none of these choices uh, <laughs> it is snakes on a plane yes there we go snakes on a plane is my movie recommendation just because i think it's a fucking hell of a time and it's so campy and it's so ridiculous and outlandish <laughs> you said
0: i wouldn't know where you're going
1: and i really didn't know where you're going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm glad we went there though yeah (laughs) told you yep so uh, i mean i don't really have to say it's about snakes on a plane what more do you need i'm tired uh, of
0: these motherfucking snakes 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 on this motherfucking motherfucking plane plane?
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) classic line right there i think that was like the most popular line that came out of it came out of the one of the most
0: iconic movie lines of all time
1: yeah and like but i think i'm saying like before this movie even came out in theaters i think people were already quoting it which is kind of impactful in itself but yeah samuel jackson we already know Sick of these motherfucking snakes <laughs> on this motherfucking plane.
0: Have you heard him talk about this film? Uh I might have. I don't know why. Uh, Because I can't remember who it was or where it was, but I, I listened to it. I forgot. Keenan Thompson's in this film too. Yeah, he's um, great in that. But uh, they basically asked him was like, you know, snakes on a plane iconic role, like you know. But th- they were alluding to the fact that it wasn't necessarily like a great movie. It's it's a yeah. pretty straightforward plot whatever and he, he basically he, he just has a great answer he's just like yeah fuck it i i hate snakes like they're on a plane like <laughs> i didn't really have to act and i'm pretty sure that he said that they had some live ones and he said no i'm not fucking with any live snakes or like it, it was just a rare
1: very funny like genuine answer from him that's yeah. like okay cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's a great he's a great person to interview but yes yeah, snakes on a plane you can watch it on netflix um just because of how much I've, I've seen it, I'd probably just give it an 80 because it's rewatchable, rewatchable for me. And that's,
0: I mean, I've, I've mentioned on the show, but like same thing with replacements for me, like not necessarily a great film, but so utterly rewatchable has a yeah. high score for me. And that credit, that deserves credit. Like being rewatchable is, you know, a, a sign of a good movie. It's not yeah. the the only sign. And just because it's not rewatchable doesn't mean it's not a good movie. But like, mm-hmm. if you are that rewatchable where you can just throw it on at any time, yeah, it deserves credit. And yeah, the, yeah this absolutely. is just, it, like the, the, I'm looking at the movie post right now. It's like, sit back, relax, <laughs> enjoy the fright. Another yeah. great tagline. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's see. But like, also at the same time, yeah. that that's kind of what you do like as an audience member you sit back relax and enjoy the fright like all these motherfucking snakes on this yeah. motherfucking
1: plane yeah i think this is one of the first movies where i got real horny to too for some reason
0: <laughs> <laughs> what Samuel l jackson
1: <laughs> yeah you know it's that bald head no I'm... <laughs> no it was uh so 20 2006 what was that like uh what am I? Nine. Ten? nine? yeah ten or whatever no nah, it was just because it was a it was a, a sex scene in there and i was like oh is look it, at that snake snake what is, what is happening
0: to me it's like <laughs> what's going on my hands are all clammy
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right we're not doing this <laughs> yeah we're not my vision got better but um <laughs> <laughs> oh god (laughs) but anyway yes you can watch it on netflix (laughs) i think it's on hbo max too
0: (laughs) yeah i think it is on hbo max i think i saw it (laughs) oh god that's good shit real good (laughs) shit all right well that does it for this episode like i said next week we will do uh ghostbusters afterlife Uh, i'm not sure what day that's coming out yet we'll have to (laughs) clarify about that yeah um plan on wednesday we might push it to Thursday, we might do Tuesday. You know, we'll just keep you on your toes you know you'll, you'll have yeah. to just be pleasantly surprised whatever day it is <laughs> um, but in the meantime follow us uh, on twitter at major motion cast all the latest news rumors trailers no spoilers we're not a spoiler account uh, but if you do want to talk spoilers we will talk spoilers um, so be sure to engage with us on twitter you can follow fox at fox film fanatic follow myself at nationals ace we appreciate listening this has been a major motion podcast see ya